Thank you for downloading the One Church Gloucester podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. We're starting a brand new teaching series, and it's my privilege to, to kick this series off. And we, we finished our Risen series. Did like, anyone enjoy the Risen series that we've done in the build-up to Easter? I thought that was a fantastic series. I love the different installments of that. And we're starting a new one today, um, and it's called this, Making Change. Making Change. And what we're going to look at is making positive changes with the resources that God has given us. Each and every one of us, we have resource. Each and every one of us have something. And this will include things like time, energy, um, talent, but primarily what we're going to look at with this series and the thread that will run throughout is our money. The primary resource that we're going to be talking about is our money, is our finance, and, um, and I'm going to talk in a second about these different uh, installments, these different parts, it's a four-part series, um, but when we, when we look at and when we have a conversation about our finances and our, and our money, I want, I want to just um, I want to encourage you because I know for many of us in a room of this size, when we think and when I say finance, when I say money, that could be quite a negative word to you. And that could be quite a stressful thing that is in your life at the moment. And for yourself, maybe it's easier to just, to almost like, like that messy room in the house where we just put the stuff in there and close the door. So maybe, maybe that's your relationship with your finance at the moment, that it's easier just to not think about it. Because actually it's a bit messy, it's causing you a bit of grief, a bit of angst, maybe there's debt that's in the household at the moment. Um, My encouragement to you is to, in this series, in the four parts that we have, is to be brave. Is to be brave and be open to challenge. Be open to the fact that God might want to speak into your situation. And and be open to the the help that could come as we look at God's word and what it has to say. and, And to get help from other people. So my encouragement, be brave. And, and when you come to these places, you know, ask that question, God, what is it you want to do in my life with this area specifically? And, and, and likewise, I'm also aware that there's people in this room that would have quite a positive relationship with your finances. That it's actually with regards to your resources, with what you have, it feels pretty good right now. And it feels pretty comfortable. And if that is you, again, my encouragement is, is to come to each service open to the idea of being challenged. Because God might want to do something brand new in your life. With, with that area, with your resources, with, with your money, with your finances, he might want to unlock new levels of generosity that you never thought possible. Wouldn't that be good? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go on a, go on a bit of a journey together over the next four weeks. And, and these are the different parts, these icons here. Um, and my hope is that we could actually remember these as well. So we're going to repeat these quite a lot. So um, the first one is what we're looking at today. And it's this idea that less is more. Week number two, stress is bad. Week number three, Giving is good. And number four, tomorrow matters. All right, are you okay to say these with me? Just to help us kind of memorize them. You ready? Nice and loud. Here we go. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Tomorrow matters. Excellent. Well said, everyone. I felt like that was about 70% of the room. Let's try and get that to, let's, let's get that to a good 90, shall we? Here we go. And again, one more time. We're going to internalize these. Nice and loud. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. And tomorrow matters. Well done. Good. We're going to be repeating that a few times over the next few weeks. And today, we're looking at less is more. Um, each week... Um, we're going to have a story of someone in the church 
um, that has seen, a bit of a testimony if you want to use that word, that has seen provision in the area of their finances, has seen financial breakthrough, has seen God help them with their resources. Um, so, and we're going to show these videos in a, in a hope that it would encourage us and inspire us to, to think, oh, maybe God could do something great in that area of my life too. Um, so this week, we have uh, Mr. Dan Yates, who's going to be sharing his story. So um, Dan Yates heads up our men's ministry. So please, would you turn your eyes to the screen and uh, watch Dan's story? So a few years ago, um, uh, my wife and I were in uh, quite considerable debt um, through various circumstances. In the middle of uh, trying to manage these debts, we thought we were doing quite well. And then I got made redundant, which uh, was like a double whammy, uh, which meant we couldn't afford to pay back basically what we owed each month. Um, We had uh, five different companies that we owed money to. Um, Each one of those, we were constantly asking, can you at least, you know, stop putting charges and interest on top because that was crippling us. It was just amounting the debt get bigger and bigger. So we were paying every month uh, a big sum of money and we were having even more piled on top, which was insane. Um, Cut a long story short, I mean, during that time, it put a strain on marriage, it put a strain on my health. Uh, I felt guilty being, you know, thinking I I need to be the provider and actually I was failing my family, my wife and all that. And that, that, you know, that guilt was awful as well. And then um, out of the blue, um, a couple of mates of mine um, just said really randomly that they felt God was, was challenging me to tithe, which was kind of comical at the time. But hey, you know, we didn't have enough to live on. And then God says, give him more away. Um, but we did. We were obedient. Um, I managed to get that one through the trace. Somehow God intervened and she agreed, which was amazing because she didn't even know God then. Um, so um, in, in the first month, we started paying that, uh, that money, um, but that tithe as well. And actually, independently, all five of those companies uh, wrote to us or contacted us and said they're going to stop adding charges and interest and what we paid was going to come off the total, which was nothing short of miraculous. That was just amazing. Um, so we were waiting for the check to come through the door, pay the rest off, um, but it didn't happen. Um, and, I, and for a while, I questioned that. I was thinking, OK, and we ended up paying literally every penny back, including all the excessive charges and, and, and interest as well. Um, but something I learned during that time was, um, you know, God was teaching me, uh, teaching me and Trace how to handle our finances, our money. Um, the biggest thing was the fact that we surrendered our finances and our, our money to God. Um, it was one of the things that we were holding on to. You know, God calls us to surrender everything. Uh, and so that was something we had to learn to do. So we trust God entirely um, for being our, our provider, our source, which he says he is, and he always has been, and I believe he always will be. Um, it, it was all to do with an attitude of my heart, actually saying, am I going to trust God? God, am I going to trust you in this? Um, this is the biggest thing at, our, at that particular time in our lives. Uh, and we did. And he came through, surprise, surprise. Um, and we had all sorts of other things happening at that time. I got promotions and pay rises and all sorts of things that helped us um, pay that off. Um, but And he's blessed us ever since. Um, the other thing he taught us in that time is actually he was generous with us. So we've got to be generous in all things. And that includes with our money as well. So something we try and live um, as a family is to be generous in all things, whether that be time, whether that be money, whether that be other things. But... Um, but you know, God, you can never give him. You can never, uh, you can never do too much for, for people uh, out of love because God just keeps on piling more in. It's amazing. Um, so, you know, whatever you're, you're sat here today thinking, I've got nothing to give, everybody's got something to give. It could be time, it could be your skills, it could be your finances. Surrender everything to God and he will never, ever fail you. I promise you that. He says it in his word, it's not gonna change. Never come down, never come down.
Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Um, really great of you to share that story there. Like the two things that stood out for me, like one, it was, a, it was an issue of the heart. Like, am I willing to give this area of my life to God? And, and that's, that's the one issue. And, and number two, I love what you said about generosity as well. Let's be generous in all things. And Dan just added to me, like he said, he wished he said this in the video, but he's so glad they didn't wait until they had money to be generous. Gener- generosity just started there and then. And, and, and that was, he wanted me to pass that encouragement on. Don't, if you feel like you've got nothing, it doesn't mean you can't be generous. Like be generous right here, right now. And yeah, great video. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the other videos that we're going to see. And the hope is that they will inspire us and challenge us um, as we continue throughout this series. Um, so today we're looking at less is more. Less is more. What does less is more living look like? Um, and if you're anything like me, uh, you've been brought up believing that, that more is more. That more is better. That, that if one pound is good, two pounds are better. If, if one car is good, two cars must be better. That, that if one holiday each year is good, two holidays each year must be better. And if one Cadbury's cream egg is good, five Cadbury's cream eggs must be better. Amen. And, and that's, the, that's kind of the, the, the world that we live in, that, that more is, is better. More money, more productivity, more, more efficiency. All, all these things, are, like more is, is, is better. And we had um, two good friends of this church, Dave and Becky, they came to visit us last week. Um, and they are missionaries in Uganda now. And we got to catch up with them. And they said this, they said that when they went out there, they were advised to only attempt to do one thing each day. Each day, only ever attempt to do one thing. They, they said, and the reason being is the culture there is quite different. Apparently, the pace is just far different to our kind of high, intense, westernized culture. And they would, get, they would set themselves up to fail if they expected to do anything more than one thing each day. So they said they had to like readjust and get used to what it was like to live at that pace, to only try and do one important thing each day. And I was listening to them talk about this. And I just, I just said, what's that like? What does that feel like? Because that's, that's just not the world that we live in, is it? Like, any good given day, a productive day, is one thing an hour. Or maybe more for some of us. One thing every 15 minutes. Try and do something productive every 10 minutes. And, and we can correlate busyness with success. And more with success. And oftentimes we'll say to one another, won't we? Like, how has your week been? Oh, I've been busy. I've been busy. And, it, and it's, it's a bit of a humble brag. Because we're kind of saying, I'm, I'm just important, really. Lots of important things for this guy. To, uh, to take on board because I'm a busy guy and I'm, I'm important. And, and, and more seems to be better. I remember my first job as a 16-year-old. Um, I would work every Saturday um, and I had a small amount of money coming in each month. And I had a gift. I think it was a God-given gift to, um, to spend all of that money. <laughs> just, just spend it. I would, um, I'm really grateful. My, my parents, they, they encouraged me to tithe. That is a word we use to, to give 10% to the church, give 10% to God. Um, and have that as a priority. And I'm grateful they encouraged me to do that from the word go. So young people, you're never too young to learn the art of tithing. doesn't matter what your income is. So I did that um, straight away. So the first 10% went to the church and the rest of it, the 90%, went to KFC. Um, That was pretty much my spending. And I remember thinking, I said to myself, when I have more, when I work more, when I have more money, I will have more money. And, and so cut to 19, I get my first full-time job, I work more hours, I have more money, and yet the gift of being able to spend it all remained. I, I still had nothing to show for it at the end of the month. 10% went to church, 90% went to KFC and Nando's now. That was the new rhythm that I was, I was working with. And it was at that point I started thinking to myself, maybe this is a little bit more about me 
than what I have. Maybe this is saying a little bit more about myself than the things that I have, the income that I have, or the things that I possess. And, and we're going to look at that today. This idea of less can actually be more. Um, and if you're taking notes, we've got a key verse that we're going to spend a lot of time referencing today, and that's found in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 6. And it says this, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better one handful with tranquility than two with toil and chasing after the wind. It's better to have less, it's better to have one handful with peace and contentment and joy than it is to strive after two handfuls with stress and anxiety and debt and intensity. Better one handful with tranquility than two with toil. And just this, we're going to keep this moving today. We're going to be quite light and fast-paced, if that's okay with you. Um, and, and I like a bit of interaction between yourselves now, if that's all right. Um, just, um, again, I'm making you talk to the person next to you. <laughs> not sure what that noise was over there. <laughs> Don't talk to that guy. Um, I'm joking, John Perry, he's lovely. Um, what we're going to do, next 20 seconds, just with the person next to you, talk about the three most important things in your life, out of everything that you've got like relationships and what you own, anything like that. 20 seconds, like the most, three most important things in your life. And have a go. Okay, time for a bit of feedback. Top three most important things. What came out? Just shout them out at me. Let's have them. Family? Good. Friends? Good. Coffee? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't know why that took so long to come out in a room full of supposed Christians. No, good. Jesus. Faith? Health, excellent, health, good. And, and these, these are, I'm, I'm glad I heard some people like deliberately shouting things which they would knew would contradict my point. Um, uh, but, <laughs> but these are really good. Like, and of course, when we actually come to it, these are the most important things in our life. And we know this, don't we? Friends, family, um, faith, health. And yet, so much of our time, so much of what we work for, is devoted towards the pursuit of things that maybe wouldn't even make the top 20. Right? We can just spend so much time like chasing, chasing after the wind. Yeah. Things that like, we can't really take with us. Yeah. Yet all, all of our time, effort, priorities can, not intentionally, can just find them themselves chasing after things that aren't that important to us. So what we want to do today is just look at this idea of less is more and what it means to live with this idea, less is more. Um, and I've got three simple thoughts. Three simple thoughts to to share with us, Um, and they are, they're going to come up on screen now. This is how we can embrace what we're going to call less is more living. What we're going to do, we're going to cut back, clear out, and cull the comparison. Is that okay? They all begin with C, so we'll never forget. Cut back, clear out, and cull comparison. So the first one, in embracing less is more living, cut back. Um, The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians 4 verses 1, he says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Live a life worthy of your calling. I believe this, that each and every one of us in this room has a unique crafted calling, a purpose, a reason that you are on the planet. 
which is different to the person sat next to you. Your calling is different to my calling. And the challenge and the encouragement here that the Apostle Paul is bringing is to live your life worthy of that calling. Aim towards it. Act towards it. Step towards that calling. Don't ignore it. There's a reason that you are alive. And, and, and embrace it. And I love that thought. And he also says the same writer, he wrote another letter to the church in Corinth, in Corinthians 10, 23. He says this, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. You can do anything you want, but not everything is going to benefit you. Not anything is, not, is constructive. By inference, there are things that won't benefit you, and there are things that you can do that won't be constructive. And, and I think this, I think it's so easy, and the trap that we can fall into is thinking that there is a space in our lives that we can operate within, which is neutral, a bit of a neutral ground. A, a space where we can think, speak, act, and live within that has no real bearing on our calling or why we're on the planet. A space where we think we can just put that to one side and actually I'm just going to live within this. And what I'm doing here, what I'm thinking here, what I'm saying here, what I'm spending here, we use that specific example doesn't have any bearing on my calling. It's neither good nor is it bad, it's neutral, it's indifferent. There's a, there's a book which I read recently called Atomic Habits and the author James Clear, he said this, he said, every action is a vote for or against the person you want to become. Every action is a vote for or against the person you want to become. And with these thoughts in mind, with these thoughts that we've read from Paul, that live your life worthy of the calling you've received, live your life worthy of that calling, Everything, you can do anything, but, but not everything is going to benefit you. Not everything is constructive. Everything makes a difference. You are either, and this, this is the challenge for me, every action I make, everything that I do, is a step towards or away from the person that God is calling me to be. There's, there, there isn't the neutral ground I like to think there is. Everything is a vote for or against. And, and let's use this specifically with our resources and with our spending. Because I think spending and money and finances can, can make its way into that made-up little category of indifference there. And we can think, what does it really matter if I, if I just buy another Costa? Or if I just have a meal out again? Or if I get a takeaway or buy myself another pair of trainers? Or I buy that particular car, which means I need to get finance, which is just a little bit more expensive. What, what, what does it matter if I put it on the credit card again? And we think that it doesn't make a difference, but is an element of just like carelessness or a lack of intentionality when it comes to our spending, is that subtly, inadvertently undermining the person that God is calling us to be? Because we don't really think about it or, or put that much thought into the small atomic spending habits that we have. So for example, Kev mentioned the missions in 2020. It could be that there is a mission which will just be perfect for you next year. But the 200 trips to Costa each year, are just undermining that option. They're, they're stifling that, that option for you. That's not an option for you. You don't have that flexibility. Or, or the financial flexibility or agility that is required to be generous one day to someone that is in need on the horizon. That's just not present in your life because of the small lack of discipline in the spending. But if you and I can learn this, that less is more, that I don't, I don't necessarily need to keep buying, spending. I don't need that particular brand. I don't need another outfit. Do, do I really need that particular holiday with that particular upgrade? If we can learn that and just cut back a little bit, could it be that we could discover more freedom, more room, more agility to be obedient to God, to be generous, to, to do things that we never thought possible? To, for that, as we said at the beginning, for those levels of finance and generosity just to be unlocked in our life. Could it be we discover that if we just start cutting back a little bit? 
Less is more living, number one. Cut back. Number two, clear out. Two is clear out. And Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, this is Jesus talking in the message version. It says this, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me, Jesus says, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I love that thought. Because, because that's, that's true of my experience, that when I get into settings like this, and I loved when we just spent time in worship, like, Ban, you, you led so well this morning, when we just sang, holy is the Lord. Like, did, did you feel just that? It felt lighter <laughs> to describe it that way. That as you just like, take your eyes off the stuff and just place them onto this holy God, I felt, I felt free and light. That was the only way you can really describe that feeling. And, and I've, I've experienced that time and time again. And, and I see that in these words here, and for me, predominantly, that verse and those words have, have outworked themselves in that way, in that I feel lighter, I feel freer. And in recent conversations with, with some people, I've been challenged to think, what if that was meant to outwork itself into every area of my life? Not just in how I feel, but in the things that I have as well. To live freely and lightly. The things that I have, like how my home looks. And, and we're going we're gonna to get quite specific now, okay? And I'm going to put myself in this, this category when I say this, but some of, the, some of us in this room are really good at hoarding. Really good at just keeping stuff. We buy stuff and we keep it. And our homes are filled with books we don't read, DVDs we don't watch, clothes we don't wear, games we don't play. And it's, it's just, it's clutter. And it's... It's messy and it's, it's taking up room. And so this idea that we've read, that has to be confined to a theological idea because it's not outworked into our reality. Because we're not living free or light. We're actually living quite messy and cluttered. Again, I'm putting myself in that category. It was, it was a really recent revelation for me that I work much better with a clear desk in the morning. But I do. Like, I, I would be lazy and I wouldn't tidy up. And then I'd come back in the next morning and there would be clutter on my desk. And, and it would slow me down. There wasn't any sort of agility or flexibility. And, and I would, it impacts the way we feel and think. And it does. And we're, we're sort of pulling this into our practical lives here. But I learned, if I can just clear that out, I feel a bit freer and lighter. Like Lauren and I, we recently did something called uh, the 100 item challenge. Where the idea is just to give away 100 items. To clear out 100 items that you don't don't need. If you've not worn it in seven months, give it away. If you've not watched it in two years, give it away. If you've not read it in five years, bless someone with it rather than holding on to it. And, and we started doing this. We started packing these items into bags. And do you know what? It was really easy. I was surprised. I thought we're never going to get to that number. But really quickly, we started filling these bags up just with stuff. And we, we don't have a big house, but this stuff was just cluttering and it felt really good just to put these things in, into these bags. And it, we felt a bit lighter and freer as we're doing it. Now the bags are taking up space. Uh, <laughs> yet to take those to the charity shop. <laughs> but but it, it, it works. And for some of us, in order to, to live as though less is more, better is one hand with tranquility than two with toil and stress. And we, we've, we've become, we've accepted living with clutter. That, that, that's just the way it is. I'm, I'm just this kind of person. And your life is a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. But if we can just embrace that, walk with me, learn to live freely and lightly, you could, you could experience new levels of freedom and lightness in your life. Yeah. Less is more. We can embrace that. Some of us need to do the 200 item clear out or the 500 item clear out or the 1000 item clear out. And you could get there. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to cut back 
and we're going to clear out in this less is more living. And, and I, I want to acknowledge that that might not be the easiest thing for some of us to do because maybe you were brought up and you just didn't, didn't have much. So the idea of what you have, giving it away, it kind of just goes against the grain a little bit. Um, or, or maybe there's a lot of sentimental value attached to some of the items that you have. Um, and and that would be something that I just encourage you to, to think about and to work through maybe, maybe later this week. Um, there's a verse which... I don't really like to read when I think of the th- things that I hold on to, but Luke 12, 15 says this. So Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And, and I don't like to think of the things that I hold on to as, being, as finding their root in greed. I can't give away one of my 10 pairs of trainers because I'm actually greedy. Or I can't give away that book because I think, oh, maybe I'll read it one day, but really it's just a bit of greed and I like a full bookshelf. We don't like it being greed, but our life, your life, your calling is so much more than the things that you possess and things that you have. Better one handful with tranquility than two with debt and toil and strength and stress, not strength, stress and angst. Amen? So we're going to cut back. We're going to clear out. And lastly, we're going to cull that comparison. Um, And I love this. Again, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.12. I have learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The secret to being content with whatever you have is through Christ who gives us strength. Here's the irony, like we, can, we can misquote that verse and we can, take it out, we can lift it out of its context. We can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the irony is we're usually applying that to attaining more or doing more. I can, no, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But he's writing that within the context of being content in all things with what you have. That's, that's the secret of being content through Christ who gives me strength, through him who gives me strength. And I wonder if discontentment, stress, toil, I wonder if that just comes when we just start comparing ourselves to other people with what others have, with the clothes that they wear, with the holidays they go on, with the jobs they've got, with the pay that they have. And we just get this sense of discontentment. And my, my wife and I went on a holiday, it was like the holiday of a lifetime, beginning of 2018. We got to go to Sri Lanka, um, beautiful country, beautiful people, and it's devastating to see what's happened in that country recently. And just like side note, we need to pray for our brothers and sisters all around the world, hey, um, that are just, just not experiencing faith in the way that we are and being persecuted in different contexts. But um, such a beautiful country. And we're wandering around, we're seeing these amazing people, meeting them, and it was amazing. And, and we, were, we were humbled, really by how generous they were, um, how accepting and loving they were with, with what little they had. And, and we, were, we were humbled. That step of the holiday was Sri Lanka. The next step, we flew to Dubai. So I went from thinking, man, I've got so much, to I am but a peasant who lives in Gloucester. Where, where is my Lamborghini? Our taxi driver drove a Lexus. It's like, how, how, like, where's my apartment on the 70th floor? Lauren, we're going to move to Dubai. Mm. And, but the, the stark contrast of those two things just like highlighted to me how ridiculous comparison is. It really is a, a complete waste of time. And if you and I can learn that less is more, better is one hand with tranquility than two with toil, I don't need to look at what you have. I don't need to look at what someone else has. And Amy mentioned this in a message she did a while ago, that because of social media, comparison is now global. We can at any moment just pick up our phone and look at someone that's doing something better, that is looking better and has better things than us. Any moment. 
And we do it when we're bored. Which is, it just feeds discontentment. But could we learn, if we keep our eyes on him, I can do this through Jesus. Jesus is the only one that I need. He is the only one that I want. He is the only one that's ever going to give me a true sense of contentment in this life. And it doesn't matter what everyone else does. Could we cull comparison completely from our lives and learn to live with this less is more mentality? Why we have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does then? Is that all right? And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen over this series as we just like explore some of these practical things together. Um, and maybe for you today, maybe one of those three thoughts resonated more than, um, more than the others. And, and I pray that like, as we just like, spend time just in worship now, um, you would know what you need to do next. Like maybe you have been living with excess and there is no real intentionality with how you're spending, with what you're doing with your money. Maybe it's just, as I said, you, you kept it in a bit of a neutral spot. Maybe you need to look at every outgoing that you have. And, and budget to say, okay, is this helping me become the person I feel called to be? Is this helping me become the person I want to be? Or is this hindering me from that? Could I just cut that caramel macchiato out of my life completely? It might be better for your heart. Lots of sugar, 500 calories, I believe. Side note. Or maybe, um, maybe clearing out. Maybe you've just got some clutter in your house and, and you just don't need it. You don't need that stuff that's become a bit of a... A fortress. What if I need that item one day? What if I need that thing which I've not picked up in 10 years one day? And we're leaning on it like it's a, like a fortress, but maybe really it's more of a prison cell. And just, just what if you need to get some mates around and say, guys, this is a problem for me. Will you help me clear out? I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people in this room that are willing to, to help in that capacity. Um, or just stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing what you have to what other, people's, other people have and just learn to be content with whatever you've got in your life. Because Jesus, you are all that I need. Whatever it is from that. Um, but I'm, I'm aware that there might be people in this room that have never made that decision to, to say, you know what, Jesus, I, I want to find my contentment in you. And it would be wrong with me to just to move on and not give everyone the opportunity to say, Jesus, I don't want to look at the material things in my life, the accumulation of more stuff to get my purpose, my meaning, my satisfaction. But Jesus, I want to look to you. I want to, I want to discover that in you. I want it to be based on these temporary things, but I want it to be found in the eternal. If that's you, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond and to say, maybe for the first time, or maybe a recommitment to say, Jesus, I've been living for the wrong stuff. And this morning, this afternoon, sorry, I want to, I want to live for you again. I want to find my peace, my contentment, tranquility, I love that word, in you. So just at this time, if you can just bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you've never done this before. Maybe you've never made the decision to follow Jesus before. Like now is your chance to do that and to find real contentment and real joy. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Or maybe you just need to, to recommit. You've been living, looking at the stuff, chasing after the wind, as the scripture says there. You can change that today and look to God. So very simply, I'm not going to ask you to do anything more than just raise your hand in a moment after the count of three so I know who I'm praying for. So you want to respond and say yes to that decision today. Please raise your hand after three. One, two, three. That's great. You can pop them down again. That's awesome. Pop them down. Father God, thank you. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we find rest, we find peace, we find contentment. And help us, Lord God, like each and every one of us, to not look to the stuff, to the material, but to understand that less can be more and to be content in you, content with what we have. And Lord, would in doing so, would you give us room for more of what matters? more generosity, more love, more capacity to be obedient to you wherever we find ourselves. And Lord, for the people that responded to you just then, I pray even right now they would experience that contentment that can only be found in you. 
Lord God, would you give them hope to believe that maybe they can just like cut back, they can have some discipline in their spending or clear out or just start, stop comparing themselves, Lord God. But we thank you, Jesus, for the hope and contentment that we find in you and in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just like applaud those that made that decision today, perhaps for the first time, to follow Jesus, like the best decision you'll ever make? If you put your hand up and that was a first time decision, or you wanted to and then for whatever reason you didn't, um, we'd love to just to speak to you in the lounge. We have a, a gift, we want to put a Bible in your hand, so we, please come and see us at the end there. Um, just to finish this service, we're going to take up our offering, our tithes and offering. Is that right, everyone? Fantastic. Please stand. Um, let's give our offerings together and let's sing as well. <laughs>